<laughs> Goat League Assemble! This week's episode is brought to you by Cheerwine. Cheerwine is a beloved Southern soft drink made in Salisbury, North Carolina, and over 100 years old. Cheerwine delivers a cherry soda flavor and is born in the South, known as the nectar of the South, and I bet you can't smile. And you taste a little bit of cheer wine. Drink cheer wine, bottling since 1917. Charles, it is Wednesday, December 14th. We have officially got our playoff picture locked in. How are you doing uh, this week? Mm. Just enjoying our uh, our sponsor, cheer wine, um, for the pods. <laughs> It actually says since 1917 right here on the uh, on the can. So on the can, can I can confirm. You know, and, one of the uh, best <laughs> one of the best things of living in North Carolina slash you know parts of South Carolina. Even when I lived um, in Georgia, you go to a cookout or you go to a Bojangles, and you're going to have that cheer wine as an option. Um, for your for your drink of choice and there's just something special about a you know chicken supreme combo with uh with either fries or bow rounds and adding that medium cheer wine right next to it i mean it just you want to talk about it's a guzzle down (laughs) yeah i mean we already we already know we live in the greatest state in the union but you know cheer wine's one of those reasons why yeah, no, it is. I, I'm with you. I, I took this from our office. Uh, we've got them just hanging out in the, in the refrigerator. I figured there's one left. I couldn't let a, a fallen soldier stay behind. So um, I took him for the road and um, and, and we're going to we're going to power through this podcast because, you know, you were able to escape Sacco. I finished dark spot seventh place. Um and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna stay true to the league and 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 give you guys some great content today. Man, I can't um, wait. I'm I can't wait. We're gonna start out with um, some non football stuff. Just kind of ease on in. Um, Kyle, you have <clears throat> binge watched Yellowstone like a madman, um, and you are all caught up. Kind of take us through you know what that that full binge was like. Um, and how you see have seen things develop in a short amount of time, right? So, you know, in at, at separate conversations, I was skeptical. You know, separate conversations with you, I was skeptical to start Yellowstone because anytime, and maybe I'm showing my age, or or we're just, you know, maybe I'm showing my how much of a loser I am, and and watching so much television slash TV um, slash movies, um, that anytime my dad or my mom or my grandparents or anybody over the age of really like 45 tells me that I need to watch a show, I'm automatically skeptical. (laughs) Like my granddad, as you know, like Monday night, dude still watches Monday night raw followed by NCIS, followed by, you know, all the basic cable drama sitcom TV that's just trash. Yeah, um, maybe a little Hawaii Five up. I don't even know if that's Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm sure there is. They just regurgitate the same, the same TV show and just call it something else, you know, like uh, Cop Blue or Nine One One Chicago, you know, these shows. But that dude... You know, he's got it, you know, Jeopardy, then Wheel of Fortune, then you eat supper, then you go back on and put on Monday Night Raw, then you go and you're watching NCIS, and in between there, there's some sort of news program that's local news. It's like clockwork. And, you know, anytime he's like, he started watching Yellowstone, like, season two or whatever and he's like oh that's it's good you know it's got kevin costner and i'm like all right it's on paramount if it's not on hbo or netflix or 
you know, Prime or, or Hulu or something, I'm automatically skeptical. Uh, AMC, I guess, shows it. So kind of gives me a little bit of a okay. Yeah. AMC is AMC is known for a good show. Um, FX is known for a good show. But anytime there's, you know, that basic cable aspect to things that, that I got to, you know, get on my cable programming streaming service to watch, I was, I was very hesitant. So anyways, Thanksgiving was coming up. I saw, I was watching some game and I saw Yellowstone new season coming out. It's been, it was about five weeks ago. And I said, okay, I'm going to give this thing a shot. Watch the first episode, ends on a nice little cliffhanger, but you don't really know anybody. And then three more episodes in, I'm like, holy hell, this is, this is a great show. (laughs) It is. This is, this is phenomenal. And season one is probably the worst season. Yeah, probably so. It's the old setup. Yeah. So it, Thanksgiving comes around about three weeks ago and I'm sitting there and I'm on season two. I can't, Charles, I can't stop watching. I am late to thanks. I leave Charlotte later, like two hours later than I planned to because I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching. I had to finish season two, get to Fayetteville Thanksgiving day. Don't, you know, don't watch anything that day. Then the the day after, watch the Carolina game, both Carolina games, them losing the state, and then they lost to Iowa State. And, you know, by then it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I'm over at my dad's. I'm on the couch. Everybody else has gone to bed. I put on season three. I'm up till three in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I, could, I did. I couldn't stop. Um, and... Fast forward to today, I've finally caught all the way up to, I guess Sunday will be the next episode I could watch because, um, you know, we're waiting on the, the, the newest episode. But now you, know, don't, you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. No, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start 1883 and then 1923 comes out uh, Sunday. Oh, Harry Sanford. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about an all-star cast. We'll get to that later. Um, maybe in another episode, but the Duttons, the Yellowstone Ranch, Montana, parts of Wyoming, you even go, they even go to Texas with the sixes a little bit. Uh, I don't want to spoil anybody that haven't seen it, but it's just a, such a well-written show. If you've ever seen Wind River with Jeremy Renner, um, say that five times fast, that is a phenomenal (laughs) movie. That's directed by Taylor Sheridan. Uh, Taylor yeah, Sheridan, that movie's crazy. Taylor it's Sheridan's good. actually the cowboy that drives Jimmy to the Sixes. I don't know if you realize oh, that. I did not. I, I never knew that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I just saw. Yeah, I saw him in an interview the other day because I was reading up on 1923. Like I said, now I'm obsessed. But the show's so well written. There's like ten storylines within one giant story, which is what a good show really consists of. I mean, you look at The Sopranos, The Wire, um, Breaking Bad, you know, everybody, every character has their own storyline in these phenomenal shows. And, and this yeah. one is is no different. He also, uh, Taylor Sheridan also wrote Mayor of Kingstown, which my dad says is really good. That also has Jeremy Renner in it. And he's also um, that new Sylvester Stallone show, the Tulsa King. It's about a mob boss that. Oh yeah, I've been wanting to start that. Yeah, uh, he he directed both of those, and I think he co-wrote both of those shows as well. So like, it's only right. I, I'm sold on. I'm on the Taylor Sheridan train. Like, this dude is. Um, he's cashing in with the right. With the right uh, plot. So uh, yeah, it's great, man. In this show, who's your least favorite character? My least favorite character? Oh man, that that's a tough one. I just I like I mean they're they're all kind of fucks in their own way. So I Yeah, mean, it's kinda it's, like Succession. It's kind yeah. I mean, I haven't really seen Succession Succession, but I I know what you mean. Like I know enough about it to know. Um and uh I don't know, man, like Jamie's a good answer because but I, I, at the same time, like I kind of pity him 
Um, you know, like Rip is actually low key, like kind of like the one of the biggest fucks out there and deals with the most fuckish shit at the same time. I, we're going to break a record cussing on right. this podcast, but um, I don't know. Recently, it may be more of like Rip or Jamie to me. I mean, it's hard to say anybody else. It's hard to say old girl just because she's so instrumental to everything. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Um, Jamie's definitely my least favorite character, but I th- I think he's going to have like this heroic. I hope he has this Maybe. like hero arc where he's kind of playing the game and we don't see it like a little backdoor action. Yeah. Um, but that's possible, that man. With, that chick that he's with now, I know she's the enemy, but man, you want to talk. Yeah. She's, she's tougher than a dang Walmart steak, dude. <laughs> you ever seen sleeping with the enemy? Yeah. Great. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, shit, uh, we'll, we'll keep on, on the topic of, uh, of cinema, but let's transition, you know, it's the holiday season. Um, what's, I mean, in your opinion, what's two to three Christmas movies that everybody, you know, should watch every year? Mm. Number one, and this is one, this is one movie that I can only watch once a year, um, because, I like I, I I'm a I enjoy the cry but I hate the cry, um, and and that is, um, why why am I drawing a blank when I just uh, it's a wonderful life. Oh yeah, it's a classic. It's a definition. It's a wonderful life, man. Um, that one is number one. I think it should be watched by everybody during the um, during the holiday season. Just a great message. Such a, I mean, the movie was made in 1946 and it still gets screenplay every year. I mean, you just can't beat, um, I think it's, uh, what's his, what's his name in the movie? Um, I'm drawing a freaking blank. George, George so Bailey. George yeah. Bailey. It's the Bailey. George Bailey, man. He saves his family. Then, then, you know, the, the old depression happens, but he still saves the whole town and, and uh, just a beautiful story. And, and it ends with his little girl, you know, God bless us, everyone. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, that's such a good one. I, di- I didn't even have that one in my head. Um, I'll do like kind of a 1A for a classic perspective. Christmas okay. story. It's great. Yeah, that that was on my list. That's that's one of my top three. I think a Christmas story is one movie. You've got the twenty four hour marathon. It has to be playing Christmas Day when it starts. You know, like you have to play it and just keep it on a loop, even if it's on mute. You just got to have it in the background. One of my favorite, probably one of my favorite Christmas movies, but definitely one that everybody should see. I know a lot of people don't like it, um, but how could you not like the Scud Farkas affair? Uh, I, dude, quick, quick side note. There's a sequel, like an ode to a classic. It just came out. I think it's on HBO, if I'm not mistaken, or Amazon or something. It's on HBO. It's on HBO. Yeah. Kaylee and I watched it. It's actually a great ode to a classic, like same character, same Scott uh, Farkas shows an appearance. So that's what made me think about it. Like it was so if you're a fan of the original, I'd definitely check it out. He had yellow eyes. He had yellow yeah. eyes. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that's a great one. Um, you know, and then number three, I got to put Christmas vacation on there. Um, yeah, you got to, that was mine. You got to love Chevy chase. There's so many one liners in that movie. Uh, you know, a lot of little full, a lot of sap. <laughs> uh, he's like, you got, you got, a, you got cousin Eddie. <laughs> yeah. You got cousin Eddie. I like Elaine is the neighbor and she's like, you know, she says something smart to uh, to Chevy Chase, and and he he says, "Why don't you bend over? I'll show it. I'll show it to you." And uh, her husband's like, "Hey, what would you say?" And he said, "I wasn't talking to you." He's talking to Elaine. I mean, that's that's one of my favorites. Um, but then I've I've got some honorable mentions, and the, this is where it gets. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not a Christmas movie? Um, love actually, 
I think you could watch it any time of year, but it's really centers around Christmas, and that is that is a great one. Also, one that you can definitely tear up in. Good little rom com. Um, and then my my second honorable mention is Friday After Next. Oh uh, yeah, gotta throw that one yeah. in there. Yeah, I mean it, the whole the whole premise of the movie starts off with Christmas. It happens around Christmas. Top flight security, Craig. We top flight security of the world. And then you got, you know, you got Pinky coming in. And he's, Merry Christmas. I'm Pinky. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a classic. That's one of my favorites. So, and P- isn't Pinky, uh, he's not, no, it's not the same guy as, um, as Ashy Larry, right? It's a different dude. No, it's like. a different actor, but Pinky's in uh, Next Friday as well. He's the owner of the record store Next Friday. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, how about, more you know? How about you? What are some? What are some? What are some of your Christmas movies? Well, yeah, two two of the ones that you said, of course, um, really all of them. But um, I've got uh, I've, for my honorable mentions, you know, I know this one kind of slips under the radar. It's another classic, um, but I like the new version of the uh, the new animated Grinch is actually really good. Never um, saw the new animated one. Yeah, yeah, the new animated one's pretty good, but I I love the 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 OG classic animated one. It's uh, that's that's such a good one. It's a great story. Um, has a great message. It really does at the end of the day, and I think we can all relate to being a Grinch at some point in our life, whether it be Christmas or not. Um, so I love that one. Um, because I you know I'm feeling a little Grinch this year. The seventh place got me feeling a little bah humbuggish. Um. But uh, and then another one that I think, you know, uh, I, I haven't seen it in so long, but slept on Miracle on 34th Street to kind of mm. compliment your. Uh, That's a good one. Your first one. As far as I think it's 1947 film. Yeah, that's that's also a good one. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to to watching them all. Kaylee and I have. um I've kind of started watching some of them for sure um, over the last week or so. And uh, how, do you, how do you feel about the claymation movies? Those are always classic to have on the, in the background too. So uh, your great film, uh, yeah. 1974 uh, claymation classic. Um, that's, I, I really like that one. That one's up there for me. I'm glad you said that. Obviously um, the Rudolph one. Yep, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas and something. Yeah, yeah, that, that's um, yeah. <laughs> but some of them are kind of creepy. Yeah, they are. Um, great edible movie. I'm sure. I've never Top done it. Top tier edible movie. I mean, it. I'd I'd be willing to put that up there with Interstellar as topping edible and get you a little mixed drink and see where the night takes you. I think it's better because you you don't have to hang in for two and a half hours. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> I think that that perfect high has its shelf life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, other than Christmas movies, and I know we're kind of going sidetracked here, but give me your top three Christmas songs. Oh, man. Well, one that always gets me, and I'm not ashamed to say it, um around, around especially christmas eve uh, silent night great um a little bit more of a of a low-key one that's a classic but you know not something that's going to make you feel like super joyous yeah um you know i uh i love the uh, as far as one that's a little bit more upbeat that's been around for a while rocking around the christmas tree that's that's one. a good one you know that one always makes me think of like shopping during christmas Oh, hundred percent. You're just you watch a movie and someone's like running out of Target, and like, oh, I forgot the train set, and they run back inside. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, that's what it thinks about to me. Um, and then my third one, um, that's tough. I'm trying to think like outside of church and outside of like, um, you know, that's something that's like so overly played, but. I mean, I don't know, man. Another classic one. This is more of a secular one, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Great one. It's simple. It, it, I, I, I like that I one. Love the story. By, um, I th- I like the one by um, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, that's that's a good one. Um, 
Oh, Brucey. I, I think my top three, I got to go with, and this is no order. Um, the one by Wham, uh, is it Last Christmas? Yeah. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I that's also up, like, I also like, um, what's the, this Christmas. This Christmas. That one, you know uh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um. Who's it by? I want to say. Well, I know Chris Brown has like, done that. It's by like George it. Benson or something. <laughs> uh, Donny Hathaway. Like Donny Hathaway. That's it. Same guy that does. Da, 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 da. What is love? Anyway, um, and then uh, and then I think my third has to be. Um, Damn, Santa Claus is coming to town by the Jackson Five. That's a good one. Ooh, I saw blue, blue Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Blue Christmas by uh, Elvis. Elvis. Any any Frank Sinatra one, but I gotta go. My third is uh, Wonderful Christmas Time, Paul McCartney. Great one. And to yeah. your point, Frank Sinatra, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah, just that's that's all. Anything Sinatra is great, but nothing just gets me in the spirit like the the Paul McCartney one. Just Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. That is a great one, and he's phenomenal. So <laughs> the combo yeah. is great. Yeah, he's a beetle. He's the Beatles. It's the Beatles. It's the Beatles. <laughs> Remember when Dewey Cox did acid with the, with the Beatles? Remember that time Dewey Cox did acid with the Beatles, <laughs> and Jack Black was one of them. <laughs> oh, what a he wild was Ringo. Time. He was in Ringo. Oh, um, man. Shit. Well, now that we have successfully gone down uh, a few rabbit holes, uh, and it's been lovely. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, yeah, we went deep into Santa's bag there. <laughs> um, let's let's do our due diligence here or our duty and, um, and transition to Fantasy Week 14 uh, recap, the last regular season week of the year um we'll just run through it really quick um we'll start with uh vikram's close defeat of you kyle to uh to you know help kind of boost Vic's seeding um to potentially avoid being in that in that six seed spot um he had uh some very i mean miles sanders how good has he been this year he's rb8 on the year um yeah. and you know vikram has a decent week and uh, he has a couple guys get hurt along the way. So he's slightly limping into the playoffs. Um, not truly limping as Tyler Lockett scored for the sixth straight week. Thielen <laughs> um, with a touchdown was nice. Yeah. Yes. That was money. 16 points from Thielen. You're not, you're not banking on that, but you know, Kirk Cousins threw for over 400 yards. So, um, then on your side, you know, Gino getting 20 and McKinnon getting 30, um, even with that wasn't enough. And, you know, T Higgins screwed you again. Yeah. And the T Higgins thing was like, so I don't know if you heard, but one of the rumors I heard was he, he was told that he wasn't going to play dressed out, went in for the first snap and they pulled him. Yeah. The hamstring. That's what I heard. So, you know, I, I think that we should, I should be able to count Pickens as my score because that's who I would have played and I would have won. But um, now, um, you know, it is what it is. You know, that Monday night game, it was lingering around. I think I was down like 1.7 points going into the fourth quarter and the, the Patriots just pulled away, scored a, you know, a touchdown or two. And um, that was all she wrote. But, you know, all it was going to do was, really affect seeding. So good for Vic to, to close that win out. Yeah. Yeah. Big. And, uh, and, and Connor, uh, he finished his season on a tear, um, won like three or four in a row to end the season. Three, three in a row. Um, yeah. Three in a row to end the season, made a little push, uh, finishing a respectable spot in the league and, and buried lick as official Sacco. Um, he beats him one nineteen to, we'll call it 96, um, and, and honestly, 
decent week from Connor, but it was it was Evan Ingram having the game of his career that buried Lick as Sacco. I can't believe we're saying it. Yeah, it was it was Jared Goff and it was Evan Ingram that that made it all she wrote. Shout out Devonta Smith getting in the end zone to to lock that victory up. I, I don't blame Lick for not playing J.K. Dobbins, who who had a great week on his bench, but um, you know, just just Lick just didn't have enough this, the the second half of the season, and and uh, you know it showed. I I don't know other than last week. I don't know if he made it over a hundred points in any of those losses that he had. I mean, um, just a tough year for him. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody had too crazy bad of a draft, but the way injuries were this year, um, a couple guys didn't pan out the way they were projected. Um, so a couple teams struggled. So, um, you know, good, good, good win, good way to end the season. For uh, for uh, excuse me, for Connor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Carrying uh, some momentum in next year. Um, now, Paul kind of kind of backsliding in. You know, not his best week, but Nunnery uh, a terrible week. So Paul gets the third, the three seed by beating Nunnery by twenty. Um, Nunnery's happy to close out the year officially, not be Sacco. Um, I'm sure he's thrilled to death about that. Um, on Paul's side, you know, Patrick Mahomes has about a 20-point floor right now, it seems. He had a, you know, decent game, scored 21 points, bad game from Devontae. I mean, hell, his second highest scoring player was Richie freaking James. Um, wow. But he gets it done, which is crazy. I didn't realize that till right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Paul's team is—it's a scary team when they when everybody does hit. I mean, George Kittle's gonna get in the end zone at some point. Yeah, um, Devonta Adams is not gonna have games like he did last week, and and to have Ezekiel Elliott and the consistency that you know he's shown all year. Um, you know, looking at you know where he ranks in—he's uh, I mean he's the 18th, and he's really not the best running back on the team. You can't. You can't argue much more than to have that as, you know, one of your RB, uh, you know, your RB2. Yeah. Uh, he he also had a couple guys on by, too, which, you know, is, you know, something to look out for as, as he heads into the playoffs. But Nunnery losing three straight, you know, three weeks ago, we sat there and said, could Nunnery make the playoffs? Um, and, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, was, uh, he was trending in the right direction and just – you know, falters the the last three weeks of the season. But I called it on the pod. I said this was going to be an ugly game. I said nobody's going to score 100 points. It, it was not the result that I expected. But, uh, you know, definitely a lackluster week. Second second worst um, matchup of the week behind uh, Vic and myself. Yeah, no, it was brutal. Um, toothless dogs scenario for sure. Um so good call there. Um, next up, we've got uh, Jordan. You know, solidifies his playoff spot, wins 128 to 95, uh, completely. You know, and officially eliminates Allen from contention of making the playoffs. Um, you know, not a whole lot to really go over here. A great plug uh, in a Justin Fields bye week by throwing in Kirk Cousins, McCaffrey, and Eckler can ball out, and uh, and Zay Jones with 18 point day. I mean. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, and and you're gonna get you know the the Damian Pierce touchdown that that was huge as well. You know, I got one slogan for this this matchup, and it just it's just Jordan as a manager throughout the years. It's just big time players make big time plays in big time games. Jordan needed this game to make the playoffs. He needed a certain amount of points to make the playoffs, and he delivered. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually interested. Um, I haven't looked at this, but if I, I'm curious to see how the points ended up uh, as far as like, you know, if I had won um, and, and well, it wouldn't have mattered because Mooney lost, but so strike that from the record. But if I had won, then Mooney would have been the seventh seed. So that's interesting. But with yeah. Jordan winning, it didn't, you know, he was in with eight wins um, I mean, with that Mooney loss. But um, so speaking of Mooney, he lost to 
uh, somebody that it's hard to say that somebody's limping into the playoffs with a bye, but Craven's got a banged up squad right now. I saw he scooped up Tannehill off the wire to replace, you know, for now a, uh, a torn ACL of Kyler Murray. Um, but, you know, Mooney's team just didn't score a hundred points. And at the end of the day, that basically got him the six seed versus potentially the, the four, the three. Yeah. And I still think Mooney's got the squad that can get it done and make a deep playoff run. Um, whereas Craven, I know he's only lost five games over the last like two years, which is insane, but not having a surefire quarterback and, and for him to pick up Tannehill of all people, that worries me uh, as we head into the, the playoffs. But, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, a huge week for him. New England defense going against Arizona, you know, that was uh, – that really won him the week, I mean, to be honest. I mean, we knew Tyreek Hill was going to do what he does. Debo Samuel out for the, the rest of the year. Um, so, yeah, at least the fantasy playoffs, like, which is really all yeah. that matters for, for this. But – yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, I didn't even think about that. So, that's Debo down. That's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire down. That's Kyler down. It's going to be interesting, you know, and luckily he luckily he has that bye um, to figure it out, you know, get a week to figure it out and concentrate on that versus everybody else just trying to make it the next round. Except for You know, the, 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 the one thing I hate about the bye, it, it happened to me, I think the one year I did get a bye that I led the league in, in points, um, when that last year, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I lost to Paul. I thought on a bye. Uh, okay, yeah, it was a couple um, years ago. Yeah, and Paul came in limping into the playoffs himself and beat the crap out of me in the second week. If I had played that first round matchup, I think the week before when I didn't play anybody, I had like a hundred and I, I had a shit ton of points, and then the next week it just you know, lackluster. So something to always look out for. It, you know, if Craven has a big boom this week, um, he's on always, <laughs> always, <laughs> yeah, always a scary, always a scary sign. Uh, yeah. First round buy is not necessarily the best thing. No, I mean it takes pressure off that week, but at the same time, you know, it can kind of, uh, it can. I get what you're saying. I mean, it, it definitely you can hit on the wrong weeks. I mean, that's how fantasy works anyway. Right. Um, so, now I hear you there. Um, okay, last matchup, uh, saving it for last because it was the biggest blowout. Uh, Weston absolutely eviscerated me. Um, kind of felt good because, you know, I made some roster decisions that could have came back to haunt me, but I'd rather someone just put up a hell of a week and put me out of my misery. And uh, I just shout out Weston for putting me down like a like a sick horse. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, there wasn't much to talk about on this matchup. I mean, like you said, it's just a massive blowout. You would have beat one team. Um, if you if you played me this week, you would have won. But, um, you know, still, I don't know if that would have got you in the playoffs with the points that you scored uh, being 85 and everybody, uh, you know, that was around that six, five seed, six seed having over, you know, uh, well, Mooney had 95, but. Um, you know, Weston's steamrolling into the playoffs. Yeah, he's he is the odds-on favorite to win the ship right now. Um, I just I tell you what, Charles. I, I think you're. Uh, I think you you've been hanging around me too much because um, you're the seventh seed. I am. I took your rightful spot, and I, and uh, I apologize. Right. Well, um, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. We were seven eleven this year. Uh, 7-11. Nice. Um, wraps up the last week of the year regular season-wise. I just uh, I want to take a, just a quick minute to run through some interesting stuff and do kind of a historical league look back and this year and a playoff preview. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, I yeah. the, the highest points in a game this season is interesting. 169 nice uh, points. Uh, week four, Craven. No team eclipsed 170 this year. Uh, last year only happened once. Uh, care to guess <laughs> who that one person might have been last year? I remember it was Nunnery. He had like 180 something points. 
Yeah, outscored himself from the previous week by over a hundred points. <laughs> yes, damn, it's freaking nothing. Uh, we well, yeah, one eighty one. Um, so lowest game in a points, uh, lowest points in a game this year. 60, 60, week five as Lick began began his massive schneid. That's, <laughs> uh, that's where it all began. That's where it all got unreal, nasty Sacco for him. Um, I want to correct something from last week's podcast. I said this was the sixth year of the Goat League. Uh, it is, in fact, the year. Um, and I want to take a quick second to shout out previous members, uh, Timmy Tank, Hunter Mott, Kyle Hamlin, and who the fuck is Matt Hoover? Uh, <laughs> you know, who was we, an instrumental founding father. We've, you know, we've been coming up. We've been doing this league so long. I forgot Timmy Tank was in the league. Yeah, his team name was Lack My Dak. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was in the league, dude. Um, you know, shout out to Timmy Tank. Great Instagram follow. Nothing but positivity. Um, obviously, who the fuck is Matt Hoover? And then, uh, you know, everybody in here uh, pretty much knows who Hunter is. So, um, and then Kyle Hamlin for one year, you know, we, we only, we remember Kyle Hamlin because he was only in it for a year and then just quit out of nowhere. Cause he, his team was so bad. So yeah, um, our first Sacco, even though there was a no punishment that year, there was a no punishment. Yeah. I, that that's, we, the punishment was he got kicked out of the league. So <laughs> yeah. <embarrassed. laughs> And, and, said, and for everybody that for everybody that knows Hamlin, you you understand like he cannot he cannot fathom being last place or being embarrassed like that. So you know you understand why he quit. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so just to run through the first six years of champions, we got Allen Connor. We all know how that went with Alshon. R.I.P. Um, yeah his career. Uh, then I got redemption the next year, followed by a back-to-back Paul performance and Craven coming from the seller uh, of league history to win um, our seeds in order this year, Craven for the second straight year with a buy uh, Weston with the other buy and then three, four, five, six, Paul Vikram, Jordan and Mooney. Um, I guess for the sake of the league, we're rooting for either Weston, Vic, Jordan or Mooney to win so that we have a, uh, a different champion this year. Yes. Um, in a perfect world, perfect scenario, one of those guys are, is going to win it this year. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed that, you know, they, they perform well, but you can never count out Craven the way he's been rolling the last two years. And, and then Paul, you know, the first year he won it, I want to say, he had pretty a uh, team kind of like this year, kind of average. Yes. Um, had to go through, didn't have a first round by, you know, had to, had to win a lot of games. And, um, you know, he definitely has that kind of team this year. It's all about matchups. So uh, can't wait to dive in as we, we continue. Anything else history wise? Well, I was just going to say it's shaping up to where we could see an all time Mooney versus Weston semifinal matchup when they played in the playoffs in 2017 before we had decimal scoring they tied uh legit tied it went to the bench and i believe weston beat mooney in that matchup um (laughs) so that was wild and then lastly i want to look at the all-time playoff matchup records so if you got a buy and you advance that doesn't count as a win um and is this this is just for people that are in the playoffs correct Correct. yes correct thank you um this just looking at the people that made the playoffs um and remember you know when we're looking at this guys craven was bottom of the barrel for a while um paul didn't join until 2018 vikram left for a year came back Mm -hmm. to baston um and 20 since 2018 we've had the same you know, guys, because that's when Lit came in too and replaced Lack My Dak. Um, okay. So, in order of seeds, and Vikram actually made the championship game in 2018, his first year back, um, that 2017, 2018 year. Uh, but in order of seeds, Craven is two and one all time in the playoffs. Only so not a played, lot of experience. No. Lost his first time he got in was the year I won the championship. I beat him in the first round. Last year, he made it back, got a bye, and won two games and one. Um, Weston has been in the playoffs a lot. 
uh, but hasn't been able to get it done. So his record is three and six. He's got uh, nine games in the playoffs. Yeah, nine games with a you know thirty three percent winning percentage. Um, so looking and to he's escape never missed. that. He's never missed the playoffs. Never missed. Um, Paul, and we talked about this pre-show. Paul, five and zero. Oh. That's insane. So anytime, so Paul either makes the playoffs and wins it all, or he doesn't make the playoffs at all. First two years, he wasn't in the league. His first year, missed playoffs. Then, yep. then, uh, then went back to back. Missed playoffs last year and was actually in SACA contention with contention with Vikram and I. Um, so yeah, never lost a playoff game. That's crazy. Um, Vikram two and three all time. Jordan, another guy that's been there quite a bit. Um, I don't think he's ever missed the playoffs either. Um, three and five. Wow. And, and Mooney has had his fair share of opportunities. One was a brutal loss to Weston. Um, one in four all time in the playoffs for Mooney. So Mooney is looking for, for some redemption. Uh, he, he's looking for, uh, you know, he's got a 20% winning percentage in the playoffs all time in the GOAT League. So and one of Paul our original is, members. Paul is, is the Michael Jordan of the, uh, of the playoffs, whereas Weston and Jordan are more so the LeBrons because they get there but they never can they can never finish the the job so yeah um, more of a buffalo bills if you're looking at keeping it football but but yes your point is very true um kind of crazy that craven and paul have the only winning records in the playoffs uh, of yeah. this group yeah um, it, it, you know what that tells me it tells me that one of these guys that has these losing records is due Screams do. Um, how do you do? I think Craven will be two and two. Um, hot take. I think Craven will be two and two after um, his next game. Um, nothing is Craven. He's just, it's a tough spot for him right now. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, it was just a little trip down memory lane there. And, um, you know, I wanted to say formally, you know, congrats to uh, Weston from being our highest point scorer this year. He didn't quite get the one seed, but he still has the buy nonetheless. Um, and, uh, I think we're going to bring him on. Weston, the leading point scorer on the regular season has joined us. What's up, bud? What's up, fellas? How are we doing today? We are, uh, I don't know about y'all. I obviously Weston, it's probably pouring down rain where you are, but, um, it's, it's a sad day. It's a bad day. I'm, I'm officially not in the playoffs uh again but uh you know i'm happy for you you know lead league leading the league and scoring this year first round by a lot of excitement uh you know from the mangum household uh well i, I appreciate it but uh and hey i will say you know tough year for you but you uh you did avoid the dreaded sacco so uh you know a, a win in its own right right there but uh, yeah but yeah, no, uh, feel, feeling pretty good right now. Uh, I know, you know, I still got to give the nod to Craven. He was the regular season champ. Yeah, it's all about getting the W's, and he managed to get one more than I did. So, shout out to him. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm feeling good going into the playoffs. Uh, should be a should be a fun three weeks. Hell yeah! Um, well, no, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> I uh, sorry, Theo's barking his ass <laughs> off downstairs, so it threw me off. But. Uh, Weston, before you came on the pod, we were talking about everyone that's in the playoffs this year, um, you know, what their playoff record has been in the past. Um, you're one of the rare people that have been around every year for the last six years. Um, and, and in no way is that depressing. Uh, but you're, you're three and six all time in the playoffs. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think you need to do this year to, uh, to get to five and six and win a championship? Uh, well, it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, everybody that's uh, left has obviously got a solid squad. But, I mean, I think, you know, not, not to be too cocky, but I do think I have the strongest strongest roster going into the playoffs. And, honestly, my big thing is, is uh, you know, I, I really need it for my running backs. I've uh, My biggest issue this year has been a little inconsistency with Swift and Connor. So, 
if I get performances out of them, I, I, I think I, I got a good shot of going all the way. But, I mean, hey, it's, it's fantasy, man. Anything can happen. Yeah. No, I would agree. I mean, I think from top to bottom, depth-wise, everything, not to mention getting to keep Justin Jefferson where you did. I mean, um, that, that's, that's helpful. So, kudos to you for – was this your third third year with Jefferson? Third year Total. with Jefferson, yeah. I, I got a tough decision coming up because I can either keep him for one more year or, or, or keep Jalen Waddle. So it's it's going to be a tough decision this offseason. Yeah, yeah. Already already got the offseason wheels turning. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's just dive right into the matchups that we've got this week. Um, talk about uh, Paul and Mooney first and the 3-6 matchup because I, be- I believe that's who you, that you play the winner of that game, correct, Weston? Uh, yes, yes, I do. And uh, that it's, it's a good-looking matchup. I mean, I know Mooney's, Mooney's been suffering for some injuries. Obviously, lose anybody like Cooper Cup, that's a, it's a big blow to the season. But, hey, I mean, you know, he, he worked his way into the playoffs. And honestly, I mean, I think he's got some guys that are coming on. He's got, you know, Pacheco. AJ Dillon's coming on. I know he's got him on the bench right now, but I mean, personally, I'd probably find a way to put him in there. But uh, you know, Slayton's coming on, so uh, you know, despite despite Mooney's injuries, he's looking good. And obviously, I mean, yeah, you know, hey, Paul Paul's a contender. He he does it every year. I'll get I'll I'll give him his nod, give him his due. Uh, but uh, you know, he's had some injuries as well, so it, that's that's going to be a really interesting matchup. Uh, me personally, if I if I got to take a pick there. Uh, even though even though with the injuries, I'm going to go with Mooney. I think it's going to be a tight matchup, but I'm going to give Mooney a slight edge. I know he's another one. He's made the playoffs a lot, and I don't believe he's ever taken home a crown. So I think I think he's going to make the advance there. Yeah, it's funny because uh, we were talking about you know all this, and uh, Paul's five and zero in the playoffs all time. He either misses or he wins the ship. Oh yeah, oh, oh um, absolutely. I mean, Paul, yeah, back to back. I mean, it, it, it's an impressive feat. And yeah, so uh, and Mooney's one and four, and I'm with you there, Weston. I think Mooney gets the job done this week. I think it's going to be really close. I'm interested to see what Kenneth Walker can do with Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's kind of been banged up. Uh, you know, you also look at Fournette and and the way the the Buccaneers played last week, mm-hmm. heading into Cincinnati, who the Bengals are rolling right now. I'm I'm intrigued by this matchup because I think Josh Allen going against um, a banged up Miami team. I think you could see a huge week there. They got I think they got Miami at home, and I don't know about you, but I, I don't think Dolphins can be in the snow. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I really. <laughs> Trade of the year, Christian Kirk uh, against the Cowgirls uh, Sunday at one p.m. Uh, those are going to be some some big uh, some big productions as well. Yeah, <laughs> oh. agreed, absolutely. Dude, I had so in my in my pre pod notes, I, uh, I I did say that I was going to uh, pick Paul, but um, after looking at the matchups and and hearing and some of the things you guys have to say, I have to say you think you swayed me. Um, we're going to go non-contentious here and uh, and all ride with the moon man. So he's most surely fact. <laughs> if you had to say, who would you rather play, Weston, if you had to say? Uh, who would I, I rather play? I mean, my, my vote was, uh, I think Paul overall, especially if Walker's healthy, probably has the stronger roster with Cup gone. But, I mean, honestly, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous by, by either game, but I think slightly more nervous by the, by, by the matchup with Paul. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I got his team's best effort when we played in the regular season. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, either, either way, you know, I'd feel, I'd feel pretty confident going, going against either, though, at this point. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, okay, so we got two eight and six teams squaring off. We got Jordan and Vikram. Um, you know, this is going to be the winner of this is going to be playing Craven, taking on a defending champion. Uh, Jordan gets Justin Fields back. Uh, he's going to be losing Damian Pierce, at least for this week. Um, on the other side, you know, Vikram's got 
Goddard coming back off IR. I don't know, you know, if he's going to plug him immediately um, or how that works with some of these other injuries, Jeff Wilson, Traylon Burks. Uh, but anyway, Weston, you went first last time. Let's let's hear it. No, this is another really intriguing one. I mean, you know, they, if you look at the projections, it's actually looking like it should be a closer matchup than uh, Paul and Mooney. So, I mean, definitely an interesting one. You know, it's hard to go against Jordan with his running backs. I mean, he, he has the number two and three running backs in, in fantasy right now. Uh, it's just, you know, he, he's got a lot of inconsistency in his wide receiver and flex. You know, he's losing Pierce. That That's tough. But, um, you know, I mean, Komet's been relatively consistent, even though, I mean, outside of the top two, three tight ends this year, everybody, excuse me, everybody's been terrible. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting matchup. My my instinct is to go with Jordan on this matchup. The only reason is, is that if he plays the right wide receivers, whether it's, you know, Juju, Rondale Moore, I mean, you know, if if he puts the, the right flex player in, uh, especially somebody, especially depending on if he, you know, who he replaces uh, Pierce with. I think if he plays the right people, they'll, you know, the, and, and has somebody go for, you know, 15, 18 points, something like that, I think he gets the dub. But if he doesn't have, if he doesn't get any production out of his flexes, I think, I think Vikram's got, you know, a solid squad top to bottom for the most part. Yeah. For, for me, I, this, you know, Wesson just touched on it a little bit. I think this matchup, we could dub it the who sets the best lineup because both of them have some decisions to make. Mm-hmm. You know, like Damian Pierce being out with Jordan, you know, Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. I, I don't like Justin Fields going against Philly, but you have to play him mm-hmm. uh, just because he's so dynamic. Um and then you, you kind of look at Vic, like Barkley's still a little banged up. Miles Sanders has had a great year, but I still am not sure kind of how he's going to, you know, fold into uh, each week, you know, week to week. And then looking at Mark Andrews, he's going to have the third string quarterback, I think. Seems that way. Yeah. Um, you know, throwing to him. That that's always you know that that's a that's a big question mark. So uh, you know, not to mention he's got a uh, you know with with Traylon Burks right there as well. You know, I know he's had a couple boom weeks, but I think this is all about who sets the best lineup um, is going to prevail. I, this one's too close to call, but I, I gotta I gotta stick to uh, I gotta stick to my guns here. I think Jordan I think Jordan comes out victorious, but damn. We've got two great matchups this week in the uh, first round. Absolutely. Yeah. Can anybody tell me? We've got a who, wild, wild card round. <laughs> Sorry. Who, can anybody tell me who is the – either of you guys tell me who is the third-string quarterback for, for the Ravens? Um, no, and I don't care. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> let, us, let us know. Well, I'm not sure either because the depth chart's he, even kind of He played confusing. last week. He played last week. Oh, he actually did play last week. Well, it looks like it's either it might be the rookie out of Oregon, Anthony Brown, if I'm not mistaken. That's who it is. Um, yeah. Okay. So that'll be very interesting. Uh, you know, with the Mark Andrews deal, um, don't be surprised if you see. You know, like you said, it's all about decision making. Um, but I had already that I I thought going to win. I think he's just got too much um, with Justin Fields, McCaffrey. Eckler and I know is you know some of these are sketchy with um you know regards to the flex but yeah I think Cole Komet has a pretty good game he's I think played like a hundred percent of snaps for the Bears like three games which is you know for tight end you can't get too much better than that as far as having I mean he's one of the only dudes that Fields can throw to Uh, he's always a hundred percent he's a safe he's a safe uh dump off pass guy so yeah, um, and he's made some crazy catches, too. He's made some um, crazy catches, and, and I, I touched on I, – I hate to bring it up again, but, you know, Tua, I, I don't know about dolphins in the snow, guys. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the sleet, for that matter. Yeah, um, no, I definitely agree. But one thing to also watch is I'm pretty sure it's just games gamesmanship by Chicago, but Fields is currently listed day-to-day, but it's an illness, so you you know, you – think that they'll probably shoot him up with whatever he needs and he'll play but just something to keep an eye on there also yeah very good point yeah yeah i saw he had some kind of illness going around they said like, it's a day-to-day situation just classic 
classic games and shit go coach speak shit of course yeah um but uh well, we'll see what happens there i just want to throw this out there before we get into our locks of the week and wrap it up last year in the playoffs um well last year craven went 10 and 4 in the regular season this year 11 and 3 so the last two regular seasons combined this guy's 21 and 7 Nuts. uh which is That's a 75 percent winning percentage um, which is nuts, especially after finishing Sacco and being at the, you know, only being in the playoffs mm-hmm. twice. Um, and he beat you last year, if I'm not mistaken, in the championship. Oh, he um, did. He, he waxed me. What yeah. even close? Wasn't remotely close. I think you scored like sixty some points, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, my boy shit the bed. <laughs> uh, and and you actually beat Jordan in a nice rivalry matchup in the semis. Uh, Craven beat Allen in a high scoring affair. Uh, to get in that championship game, so um, let's, we'll put a pause on the uh, on the fantasy speak, and I just jump into uh, NFL locks of the week. Um, right. Kyle, let's let's hear what you got. I'll throw out mine, and then Weston he can riff off us and give us one. All right, this is this is one of my favorite times of the year in the NFL. We've got our, the start of Saturday football in the NFL, so. First off, I'm going to give you a four-day, four-game parlay lock, okay? Starting off with Thursday, lock in 49ers minus three. Like it. Moving on to Saturday, you've got three matchups. You've got Colts, Vikings, Ravens, Browns, Dolphins, Bills. Go ahead and lock in Bills minus seven and a half. Okay, I'm very confident about that one. I know it's a high spread. Dolphins in Buffalo. I love the matchup for the Bills. Josh Allen's finally getting healthy. Um, lock that in. Moving on to Sunday, there's there's one game in particular that does not make a lot of sense to me, but it makes a lot of sense, um, and that's Lions Jets. It's even right now. This is free money. The Lions are on a roll. The Jets are struggling. Is Mike White hurt? Is Zach Wilson going to play? Jared Goff, huge three-touchdown week last week. Lions, money line, lock it in, okay? Then we move on to Monday where we've got the Packers-Rams, two teams where last year were arguably the two best teams in the NFL. Well, this year they're not. But Packers (laughs) coming off a bye, okay? Christian Watson has been in, in, on an insane tear as a rookie. Packers, minus seven. Take a money line. Take a money line in the parlay. Packers, money line. Lock it in. That's the four-game parlay. My overall lock of the week, though, Texans, Chiefs, Chiefs, minus 14. Seems like a lot. Don't want to touch it. I'm going – I'm taking my tail to Bank of America this week. We've got Steelers-Panthers. Panthers, minus three. Lock it in. Panthers. That's my lock of the week. Okay. All right. To the bank. Um, I, I like it, man. Uh, I'm going to go right off of that because I've got Panthers and a money line parlay, just straight up favorite money line parlay. I took three that weren't too big of favorites. Vikings. Uh, like you alluded to it. Um, I think you mentioned they play Saturday. I like the Vikings to win. I like the Panthers to win. And I like the Saints to beat the Falcons as they uh, debut their their new quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Um, Saints defense has been really good too. Um, mm-hmm. I think that parlay hits. And then I have a little fun six-team teaser for you. Mm. Uh, we're removing the line seven points in each way or either way. Uh, we got Niners Seahawks under 50 and a half points. Uh, Saints plus three, Jets plus seven, Chiefs minus seven, Panthers plus four and a half, and Bengals plus three and a half. Um, that's a lot of information there, but I just wanted to throw out a fun teaser. And uh, Weston, do you have any clue what you might be feeling this week for uh, a lock of the week? Uh, well, kind of like you said, uh, I was just peeking on ESPN, looking at the lines they have on here. Uh, I, mean, I, I I take Falcons looking like Falcons plus four on here. I I think I'd take that as a lock personally. Just I, I agree. I think Ritter's going to come out. He's an athlete. I think he's going to have a solid game, surprise some people. So 
uh, that that that'd be my vote as far as the one I'm from what I'm seeing right now. As far as uh, as far as another one, um, I think uh, probably Bengals th- minus three and a half with the Bucks. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, me too. Just don't think the uh, the Bucks don't have it this year, and somehow, some way, the Panthers are going to win that division. So, uh, going Bengals. And I, go. I like that you pick you pick three. Two of your the two games you picked have three NFC South teams. It's it's going to come down to I think it comes down to I think the Panthers come out this this week tied for first place. I think it comes down to the last matchup with Panthers Bucks. I don't know what week that is. I'm I'm looking right now. Um, I think it's week seventeen. Week, no. week seventeen. That's what it comes down to. Week seventeen, those two teams for that NFC South divisional championship. What a wild time to be alive! And we were as talking the, about tanking earlier this year, as the great <laughs> Owen Wilson would say. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's great. Well, um, well, hopefully they can get it done. All of our locks can get it done. Weston, you're assured to move on, so I won't wish you luck this I uh I, I, I will wish uh I will wish I guess Mooney and uh and and Jordan and Vikram all luck because they haven't won the ship before. So uh hopefully everyone has a clean game no one gets totally effed by injuries and it's just a good old butt whooping if somebody loses yeah exactly i just want healthy rosters for the rest of the playoffs and yeah may the best man win yeah i just yeah. want all the teams to have fun go sports <laughs> <laughs> weston thanks for uh for coming on and hope you guys have a great night and uh we'll all get up soon for sure all right appreciate it fellas later y'all right. later y'all